This episode of Paranormal Heart is brought to you by Nodakian Studios. If you're looking for a fine piece of stoneware pottery, check out Nodakian Studios at nodakianstudios.com, as well as on Facebook, where she periodically gives away pieces of pottery. Again, check out Nodakian Studios at nodakianstudios.com. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward, along with a special segment, Oddities with John Mallard. Happy, happy new year, everyone, and welcome back to Paranormal Heart. I can't believe it. It's 2020. Folks, it's 2020. Where did the time go? Not only is it a new year, but it's a new decade, and I have some changes for you. Some have mentioned that once a month was not enough to listen to Paranormal Heart, and I've listened to you, and I'm happy to say you can now enjoy two episodes each month. You can now find Boo and I on the second Sunday and last Sunday of each month. And as usual, you can find us on Podbean, SparkRadioNet.org, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and any place you find fine podcasts. I'd like to take a moment to send prayers to the people and animals in Australia. Folks, as you know, they've been facing the worst bushfires they have ever seen. I can't even find the words to describe the devastation this country's facing. To look at the photos and the videos is truly, truly disheartening. There's so many people around the world praying for rain to help the firefighters and the people rebuild. So please, Australia, stay strong. I pray that you will all get through this and rebuild your lives. Much love to you all. Before I introduce my first guest of 2020, I have a special guest storyteller. Don't worry, John will be back soon with his crazy oddities. But in the meantime, here's my buddy Dixie Cryptid with a Bigfoot story for you. Over to you, Cam. Hi, Kat. Thanks for inviting me to do a story for your podcast. I really enjoy your show, and I just feel thrilled to to be able to share a Bigfoot story with some of your viewers. This writer's name is John, and he writes, I grew up in the Red River Valley near Texarkana, Texas, on the Arkansas side. My father was a soybean and cotton farmer, and we had 1,500 acres in the Choctaw Bayou near the town of Foreman. I was five years old and had been sick for several days, and my father and my brothers had gone to Texarkana to get parts for their motorcycles. The dealership had a little Honda 50 mini trail bike, and my brothers talked my dad into getting it for me. They brought it home and called me from inside the house. Wow, was I happy. Needless to say, I got well very fast. I rode that bike all over that farm. 
The Choctaw Bayou ran behind our house and divided the farm. When you crossed the bridge over the bayou, it was like instantly eyes were on you. I always had an uneasy feeling in there. One spring day, I was on my motorcycle and I rode across the bayou. There was a small grove of very large pecan trees a short distance into the bottom. I rode under the trees and I turned off my bike to watch for squirrels in the pecan trees. The bayou bank was only about 30 feet away. Looking into the bayou, I saw what looked like a big black stump that hadn't been there before. And then the stump stood up. It turned and it looked at me. Its eyes were golden brown and very soft. It stood for only a moment and it turned and walked down the bayou and out of sight. I don't remember much after that, but I never felt afraid. At that young age, I knew about my Native American heritage. We had two Indian burial mounds on our property and I thought the creature was there to watch over the mounds. I never told anyone about my encounter until I was about 35 years old. The subject of the Falk monster came up one day, and my brother said that he had had strange things happen to him when he was working or hunting on the backside of that bayou. When I told him about my encounter, he actually teared up because he knew that there was something in there as well. It seems when you have an experience like this, more encounters happen throughout your life. I find this odd. I'm now 52 years old, and I've had many more encounters, and I've dedicated most of my life to being an avid outdoorsman. Cat, that is a an encounter letter that's very common that we get at Dixie Cryptid. They're very benign yet life-changing sightings of these creatures in the woods. And I'm so glad I got to share it with your audience. Good luck with your show and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for that, Cam. That was a great story. My guest for January 12th, 2020 has a very interesting background. He has had a musical career as a bass player, on-air disc jockey, stand-up comedian, professional wrestler, podcast, bounty hunter, and owns a taxi cab company called Funk Master V's Uptown Cabs of Renown. He's also a director, editor, writer, salesperson, webmaster, media relations, and on-screen talent of Wrestling with Ghosts. Good grief, those are a lot of hats he wears. So please welcome Funk Master V. Hey, Funk Master V, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Two! Baby, it's time to ride the funk train. Thank you for the opportunity and having me on board the mothership, baby. Oh, this is awesome to have you on. Uh, I've heard of you on a, a few shows already. Uh, one from my good friend, Brian Bowden. Um, we're not related, but I, I call him Uncle Bowden. And absolutely love whenever I hear you on other shows. And I thought, hey, I need to have you on. So thank you. Well, man, thanks for having me. So you have had a very interesting career lineup here. So just for the listeners, uh, before we get to the paranormal stuff, let's talk a little bit about what you've done. Uh, some of it's been pro wrestler, stand-up comedian, actor, bounty hunter, on-air DJ, as well as ghost hunter. So let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, sure. Where, I mean, it's it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. Where, where do you want me to? Where do you want me to start? I mean, what's what's interesting to you out of all that? What what's the most? 
What do you, what are you curious about and all that stuff? Well, they all are, but the one that stands out the most is Bounty Hunter. Ah, well, um, yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> this is actually tied to wrestling. I had a friend of mine that owned a, uh, bell bonding company and he wanted to have local wrestlers, um, kind of be his, uh, advertising people, you know, do photo shoots and commercials with, with, uh, wrestlers. And he had ambitions to have a, uh, like a YouTube internet show, um, like something on Twitch mm-hmm. where it would almost be, uh, where wrestlers would talk about different people that skipped out on bonds and it would almost be like, a, you know, there's like a weird voyeurism that we have in this <laughs> country and in other countries like us where we enjoy seeing people in peril and <laughs> being, ch- so anyway, we would like make fun of the people that skipped out on bail and ask people to help out and that kind of, you know, Kind of, kind of be uh, a little bit of entertainment, but also help him clear his books up. And then w- when I was doing that, he said, "Man, bell bonds is great." And I went in this state. You can be, if you're a bell bond agent, you become a bounty hunter. But in where I live, they don't call it bounty hunter; they call it a uh, oh shoot, I forgot asset <laughs> recovery agent. But it's the same thing. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, and it's. It is a terrible job. It is absolutely, it's not, I'd rather work at Burger King. I, I would not want to do really? that job. It's terrible. The thing that people don't realize about that gig is people want the name because they want to be called a bounty hunter because I think everybody likes Star Wars. But really, it's a terrible job. Yeah. And the, you know, I'm not Boba Fett. I don't have a <laughs> flying pack. I'm not IG-88. I don't, I don't eat oil from an oil can. <laughs> but uh, it. This is the thing about collecting or trying to arrest people as a civilian. So if I go up to a guy who's murdered people or he's a big time wheel in the uh, underground, he's a, it may be, maybe he's a trapper, you know, or maybe he is a grifter of some sort or something. You know, he's, he's, had, uh, he's been pinched and done bits before. When you catch up to him, you're going to be like, hey, Charles, man. It's Vinny with uh, such and such bell bonds, man. It's time to go. He'll be like, all right. Now, if you are going to arrest somebody, and this is kind of comedic side, but if it's the first time and they have parking tickets, let's say, they're being brought in for it. That's not, you'd never bring anybody in for parking tickets, but just something light. You need to go in. They need to talk to you. They will... Bruce Lee, your ass. They will throw things, scream, run around the room. You're like, look, it's no big deal. All you got to do is go downtown. And they'll be, you know, karate chopping. <laughs> the guy that was my boss was a name, a man named Craig Brown, and he was in the military. And he uh, saw a very large African-American woman on the east side of Knoxville and he wasn't friends with her, but he knew her. You know, they were they ch- they talked before. They had a reputation. You know, they had like a rapport with each other. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, hey, uh, we need to go." Blah blah blah. And she's like, "Oh hell no!" And she starts doing you know kick flips, and she's a very large woman, and you know she's bouncing off the walls and throwing shit everywhere. And he 
uh, and he's a big guy himself, and he actually handcuffed himself and then handcuffed himself to her. <laughs> and he said that was the dumbest thing he ever did in his oh. life. He, she she beat the literal <laughs> funk out of this dude, man. And he was like, he was trying to get away from her. He's like, would you stop hitting me? I want to, I'm going to let us go. You know? Yeah. He just, you know. So anyway, it's a terrible. They you don't get paid anything. Uh, at least not on the level that I would. I don't know. Maybe somebody somewhere gets thousands of dollars, but it's it's not safe. You're not a cop, so anytime there's any violence or anything weird, it's it's a big to do. It's it's just a horrible. There's a lot of waiting. You know, they always make it sexy on television, like I'm a bounty hunter, and you know, there's action, but it yeah. it is ninety percent is just sitting on your butt. So televised bounty hunting is almost like uh, paranormal uh, TV shows. <laughs> they're, right. They're, Absolutely. they're kind of the same, but they're not. It's, uh, well, that's, that's the whole, you know, the reason I'm in the paranormal uh, gimmick right now and the reason that I think we do a good job, uh, along with others, is actually <laughs> because of the paranormal. People have learned now it's a double-edged sword. People have learned now to investigate the paranormal, quote-unquote, by watching television. Yeah. And that's not a good way to go. The stuff on TV is to, there to make kids and, you know, old people and people who, just, who have a proclivity to this type of thing. They make them, ooh, it's scary and it's eerie and, oh. But when, and that's what I thought. Before I got into it, I watched the TV shows. I thought it was all evil and dark and black things moving around in the corners. And then when you realize it's not that at all. I mean, there is some of that, but it's mainly um, these things aren't um, malevolent. You know, they're most of the, the stuff that we capture, all the evidence that we capture, everything that we run into is sweet, nice, funny. Uh, all of the above, flirtatious, horny. <laughs> yep. um, you know, it, there's. Uh, it's been a long time since so they got. Uh, they they felt the the love of a of a big strong man. So they, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to run into. <laughs> you know. So. So how did you get into the paranormal after having all of these really interesting jobs? Um. There was a. I was an ordained minister for a while too. Oh wow. Um, and so, and I also was a drug and alcohol counselor, and I had a situation happen at one of the facilities um, where I thought it was cute. And I, I've told this story numerous times, and if anybody's heard this before, I don't want to bore you with it, but um, just the, to the quick of it, uh, a little tiny, friendly little entity started popping up, and everybody was like, oh, creepy, but kind of cute. <laughs> and then... Uh, eventually, and I go into this in great detail on a couple of TV shows, and it's I think it's one of the best ghost stories I've ever heard, and I was lucky enough to happen to me. Everybody at the facility, uh, staff-wise, saw this little entity, and then all of a sudden, and this is, see, this is why I know this stuff is real. This is, because I didn't know any of this. I was totally ignorant of the paranormal. So, people would see a sh little shadow and then they would see it. Eventually, they would see a dark shadow. Well, you learn when you're in this stuff that a lot of people believe that malevolent spirits start to hang out and terrorize neutral or good spirits or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. 
and and they use the human energy of trying to open up to these things to kind of get back into our realm or to affect things or whatever. You you hear that all the time, where it's like, it's a little girl, and then all of a sudden there's a thing in the corner going, I want to eat your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's that's kind of hot. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> quite say that, but whatever he, you know, he wants to, you know, throw fireballs at your face or something. I don't know, whatever these evil things do. So, but what was happening um, was the children were acting up uh, sexually, crazy. Uh, and they were initiating each other into gangs and there was fist fights and the staff was acting weird and the staff was stealing stuff and started having inappropriate relationships with the kids. And a friend of mine, Jeez. I would use this little little ghost story um, as a, you know, I, I would tell people and it I get there's, there's a lot to it. And it's a fun story, but I'll, I'll tell you some other time. But it, the main point is my friend said, hey, Vinny, you know, um, it's kind of cute. You're sitting here telling a story about <clears throat> hey, hey, which is what we call this little ghost. He goes, but if all this crap's going down, this sounds like something spiritual uh, is happening. It's not good because hmm. you're saying – all this craziness. They just kind of put two and two together on their own. So I went in and, and did some research about Malachi Martin, which was the closest thing America ever had to a pope. He was a Catholic cat. He was a demonologist, uh, which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you have to be Catholic to be an official demonologist. I know there's a lot of people running around who are, say they're demonologists, but you actually have to get it like a – you have to go through the Catholic Church. Yeah. Like that. But anyway um, – a lot of bull crap in this field. But uh, so I went in and using um, what I knew, I went in and when I was walking in the facility, I saw a shadow figure in my office looking at me. And it was like this, this brother knew the fight was on. And I went to all the places and did what you're supposed to do to the best of my knowledge and ability and pretty much uh, like sage, man, I snuffed that stuff out. It didn't really pop back up. Occasionally something would happen that was questionable, but nothing crazy ever happened in that facility. Everybody started behaving themselves like they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And so that was the inclination. And then you bridge it over to where my my foray into the paranormal was this television show, Wrestling with Ghosts. Um, me and Luke Walker, my tag team partner, Big Luke, who's a seven-foot-tall giant, um, we were making a television show for Fox and we got fired because it was a horrible show. It was a terrible, terrible show. The wrestlers, it was just all, it was just a bad show. <laughs> uh, but we liked it and uh, we had a good time with it. And I actually uh, have some fond memories of that, but it ended bad. And we, after that, it was kind of like we had the stink on us. Nobody really wanted to touch us. You know, I'd spent 20 years playing music professionally, doing stand-up comedy, um, making movies, being an actor, you know, doing this type of stuff, pro wrestling. And I didn't have nothing. And we ran into a guy who basically is a little dweeb, a paranormal dweeb. And he came into our town and he ran into Luke and Travis. And he was looking to do uh, a documentary about ghost stories about our area. And he said, man, you need to check out this cat, Funkmaster V. The, the four of us can make a TV show. Because he lied to us and was said that he had a contract and he was just trying to find the right fellas. And we believed him for about 20 minutes until we went out on the first investigation. And we had enough television knowledge to know this guy didn't know what he was talking about. But, but the funny thing was the four of us, uh, even though we really didn't like that guy, we uh, – 
we always captured very unique and odd evidence that nobody else did. And we've always had fortune where when the three of us are together, something 90-something percent of the time, something happens for a location. And normally it's really, really unique evidence. And the reason is because of our philosophy of how we investigate the paranormal is a little different, at least from the vantage point of people that watch ter- uh, TV shows. Uh, we don't do a lot of things that they do. We do a lot of different things. Like, uh, what, what do you do that's different? Well, we come up with this idea, you know, we the first investigation we went out, um, we were planning on doing skits, because I was like, there's no way we're going to get a lot of paranormal evidence. You know, we went to this place in Virginia, and it was one of these places where the guy, well, actually, the guy, the guy he, he called him. this may be a weird caveat to the little rabbit trail, but he <laughs> called himself a furry without a fursuit. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No. <laughs> okay. Well, the, you know what a furry is, right? No. Okay. Are you in Canada? <laughs> yes, I am. All right. You're safe. <laughs> a furry... Actually, you're probably not. I'm just kidding. The, the furry looks like a mascot. They kind of wear these costumes of anim- big animals. Okay. Uh, the, the furries um, kind of hang out, and they, you know, they're big, large blue foxes, and some of them are uh, anime-oriented, and some of them are... Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. I do, yeah. Okay, well, this guy... Okay, so the furries are a strange bunch of kids... And uh, they're very sweaty inside those suits. So if you ever yeah. buy a secondhand fur- a furry suit, you got to wash that thing. Yeah. So anyway, there's no air conditioning units in those. So <laughs> this guy was a furry without a fursuit, which means he didn't have the bread to uh, – he didn't have the scratch to, to shake one down. And um, so anyway, we're, we're, we meet this guy, a furry without a fursuit, at this place in Virginia. And this is, the, this is our, my first investigation. Okay, and we're videotaping it for television, uh, allegedly. And this guy goes, all right, there's a green orb that goes around the property. There's Big Chief, who's a Native American. Uh, There's four kids. There's hellhounds in the cemetery. There's a woman in white. There's a woman in red. There's a woman in blue. There's a woman in black. (laughs) Uh, there's, uh, ghost lights that aren't green. There's stuff that scratches the trees. There's a ghost horse. So, I mean, this is the freaking jackpot yeah. of this guy's a nut. We're just like, what is wrong with this guy? There's no way all this jive is up. You know, there would be a porthole to hell here. <laughs> so we started planning skits. So we're saying, okay, there's hellhounds in this Confederate cemetery because we're in Virginia. And so we're sitting there going, and I got a box of milk bones. I'm like, here, hellhound, come here, come here. And so we're doing this to be entertaining because we're like, eh. And then we hear this, and then Luke is a giant, tough guy, cop, SWAT team member, blah, 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 tough man contest, pro wrestler. He has high-functioning Asperger's, which is a form of autism. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't look pe- he doesn't look people in the eye. But when we heard that growl, he looked me dead in the face. And I was like, 
uh, did you hear that? We played it back, man, it growls. And we were like, oh, my God. So from that point on, and, and we were, like, talking to the ladies, and, and we heard, like, female voices and stuff. And we were like, you know, we need to approach these things like we're a couple of, you know, like we're all assholes just looking to have a good time. Because I think what happens is that people go in and they're yelling at the ghosts or whatever these things are. I don't even know if they're ghosts. But whatever these spirits are, they're threatening them. Uh, because they've learned from Zach Baggins and other people that you go in and you, hey, if you're going to touch women, won't you touch me? Yeah. And the cup falls over and they run out of the room screaming. <laughs> like girls. And that's high entertainment. Yeah, it's high entertainment, but it's not professional. It's not really what needs to be done if we're worried about a place or we need to figure out what's going on in a place. And I've been on investigations where people have, you know, private home investigations and I'm there with another person and they start screaming at the ghosts and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Are you trying to be Zach Baggins? Chill out. I mean, what? This is insane. So Luke and I have come up with the name of this thing called the charge. And basically all it means is we charge the room with human energy, which means we make it a party. We flirt with the women, we tease the kids and we joke with the fellas. And the evidence that we get actually is extremely unique and a lot of times very flirtatious and a lot of times it, there's humor so much humor um and i don't see that on television and and on on the regular cable shows so that's why i think our shows is interesting because there's things that happen that are just like we're dealing with real people we're not sitting there going how did you die? Did someone <laughs> murder you? Yeah. Oh my God! Is there anybody here? Can you give us the sign of your presence? I mean, can you imagine if you're like a ghost chilling out in the, the cabin in the woods and you're just like, "Oh my God, I want to go to bed." <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. Well, oh, another one of these. Yes, <laughs> I'll show you a sign of my presence. <laughs> you know. But if you go in there doing something original, um, you're going to get original paranormal evidence in return if, if there's anything there and you're lucky enough to capture it I love that approach I love it too have you ever had I'm sure you've been asked this countless times um, even though you use humor in your investigations have you ever had times that you're like holy crap and it just really scared you oh yeah I yeah mean, that's the, that's the other thing about the show that I think is great is is we're at, you know, we're cool. We're fun. Hey, man. Whoa. Have a good time. Laugh. What's up? And then all of a sudden, if something horrible happens, I think for the viewer, it takes them on a roller coaster ride. You've seen us laughing and having a good time and smiling and playing grab ass and get, 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 get. <laughs> and then if something horrifying happens and people are screaming, uh, you know, I think it makes uh, some of the episodes. Uh, nuts there's there have been times where there has been uh especially with luke there's an episode the the first season there's episode four called uh oh uh what's it i can't remember but we're at the old lafollette post office um and we are oh it's called going postal because mm. my it's a cute name yeah i like that uh but it's um it's it's what we're going and it's the first time we ever encounter um, 
Uh, oh, shoot. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a novice at this. So what's the thing? Uh, da, 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 there was a movie about it. It starts with a P. Poltergeist? Type of go- no Easy Ghost. What's that called? What, the Poltergeist? poltergeist. Yeah. Thank you. You get $50. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's Canadian. Sorry. But, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Poltergeist. Yeah. You got it. And uh, so we run into this thing. And uh, it's screwing around with the girls, and it's making the girls scream, and it's actually throwing stuff at them. We we go into this. Still there? I'm telling you, if oh. we were world famous, like if we, yeah. Yeah. Are, are we having troubles? Oh, you kind of disappeared for a second. You're back. Okay. Right. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, no. Are we having difficulty? I can hear you. Hear okay, me. I can hear you. Okay. Cut, cutting out again? And this is why I don't do live. <laughs> yeah, you can edit this out, right? Oh, yeah. yeah there's always tech issues with paranormal shows. Oh, you're pretty choppy. Can you hear me? Oh, I, yep, I got Hello. you now. Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. I'm standing right next to this Wi-Fi thing here. I'm wondering what's going oh. on. Hmm. Hey. You're good now. You can edit that out, right? Yes, sir, I can. Well, I don't. I have someone doing it <laughs> for me. All right. Can you hear me still? I can hear you, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Wow, this is a pain in the butt. (laughs) Hey, cat. Yes. Cat. Yes. Did you lose me? Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, man. We're having a hard time. I'll tell you what. let uh, Let me get to a better spot, and I'll call you. I'll shoot you right back. Okay. Okay, yeah, we'll just edit that out. And um, so you were saying about the post office. Yeah, so anyway, we <clears throat> we had a uh, investigation <clears throat> at this uh, post office in La Follette, the old La Follette post office. And again, if, if Wrestling with Ghosts gets to be uh, famous, we're going to stake a claim. In fact, on season three, we're going to make an episode declaring that La Follette, Tennessee is the most haunted uh, city in the United in the United States that we know of. That's interesting. So anyway, hmm. it, it's unbelievable. It's a little nothing town, and no offense, anybody lives there. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely town. Don't get me wrong. They have an all night diner for a town that small. That's pretty impressive. Um, but the the amount of paranormal activity that, that goes on, we have a friend that does a ghost walk down there, and stuff will happen on the ghost walk. Like you'll people will see shadow figures in the just downtown walking through the uh the downtown area they'll see they'll take pictures of shadow creatures sticking her head out the window and oh, stuff wow. and it's, it's unbelievable people and must love talks, that nobody knows about it that's hmm. the thing it's like we're trying we're trying to trump you know we're trying to get the, the the trumpet out and and just say man if you're an investigator you need to check out this this place is nuts so anyway to answer your question about 
being fearful, there was an episode where there was a poltergeist in the post office and it was going after women, throwing stuff around. Um, the women were screaming left and right. We had a group and we were trying to raise money, you know, uh, for I think sick dogs or I don't know, puking cats. I can't even remember <laughs> what it was, but, but, um, so people were in there and nobody stayed in there more than uh, 40 minutes. Everybody was gone except for the crew that was uh, filming. And we didn't even want that to be an episode. It was just a social media broadcast. And it was unbelievable. Like I said, my tag team partner, Big Luke, seven feet tall, he ran out of the building. And uh, we show that clip a lot. But there's, there was a disembodied voice that said Luke at least four times. Uh, right in his ear and it was captured each time and there was a whole lot of stuff that happened up until then just slammed locker doors uh, things being thrown around uh, we saw a full body apparition through uh, kind of this uh, uh, glass door uh, go from right to left um, all this is captured it's all nuts and and man I'm telling you it's it's uh, it's something to see. In fact, we were shooting uh, photographs for some sort of newspaper or something after, at the end of it, after everybody got their nerves settled, and there was this giant pounding, slam, 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 that happened like on the second story window where there's no, uh, there's no way to get up there. There's no, there's no floor or nothing. And we were just like, enough already. I mean, we were just like, there's enough evidence. We are sick of you. Cut it out. Yeah. Uh, glass, I for, you know, I forget, man. Something picked up a, uh, a knee-high bottle and threw it at a, uh, at a girl. It, it was nuts. Does this town amazing. have a lot of uh, paranormal teams go to investigate there? Or is no. It, no, it's just, oh, wow. And that's what I was saying. There's yeah. a place called our third episode on the first season is a place called Mary Death Antiques, which is a weird toy store and junk shop. In and the same town? Yeah. I mean, this place is is nuts. There were there was a there was a hatchet murder that took place and basically one of the episodes we, we kinda are standing in a circle and behind each investigator uh off in like a linear uh, line is um, something that happened behind us, whether it be a, an axe murder where a mother-in-law killed a, uh, her daughter-in-law with a baby in the bed, whether there was two people shooting each other in a bar over a fish sandwich, whether it was an Italian that uh, put a bunch of TNT uh, in the uh, basement of uh, all of these downtown buildings and blew them to hell. And there was a lady doing her laundry that, on the top of one of the buildings, and she was shot hundreds of feet in the air. Um, there was, there's a place, man, there's this one house that the city won't even let you go into that the stories of that, that alone is legendary. In fact, uh, my friend, like I was saying before, did the ghost walk. He ends there. And people will see freaking kids uh, or, or like almost like the water demon Japanese chick walk by the window with the, the uh, uh, like a candle. The lights will go on and off. And this is not a rigged thing. They hate him doing this. It's not it's like they they are trying to get him make it illegal for him to bring his ghost walk down there because they're trying to sell it. It's actually a multi-million dollar home. They, they they're trying to get it off their hands. Um, whoever the, the like the person owns it's like a big wheel in town hmm. and they don't let any investigation go in there 
but this place is insane. That that place had a uh, smoke monster of sorts um, grab a lady by the throat and lift her up off the ground. Wow. Um, yeah. It, I mean, the whole place, the junk shop's got a little girl that was murdered in the alley next door. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. And what? um What's the name of this La town again? La Follette, Tennessee. And it's hard. It's French, you know, of course, but it's, I think it's L-A-F-O-Y-E-T-T-E. Nothing is good for, as good for ratings on podcasts as people <laughs> spelling. But uh, <clears throat> now spell lettuce. L-E-T-T-U-C-E. So anyway, um, so yeah, there's, there's fearful moments. In fact, uh, even for God, I, we just did a, we were at a, convention last weekend with the guys from Tennessee Wraith Chasers and some other people and um, they were asking me about a moment that was scary um, and this will, if I'm talking too much by the way, just interrupt me. I'm not oh, I'm no, an no. enemy of brevity. No, no, okay. keep going. Okay. But, uh, so the, the legend or the, the first season of our show was this tweedy paranormal guy and, you know, it's wrestling with ghosts. So there's three pro wrestlers in this dork. And um, I'm not saying all paranormal people are dweeby. I'm saying this guy was dweeby. Let's put it that way. I don't want to offend anybody because there are some really great – most people in paranormal universe are great. So anyway, this guy is a dweeb, though. Just a big freaking dork. So um, a nerd, if you will. He um, – was trying to get this deal with Destination America because he wanted to be on television like a lot of these people do. Mm -hmm. And he took a team up to this place called the Rabbit Man cab, uh, Cabin. And the Rabbit Man Cabin is on a mountain in Unicoi, Tennessee. And it's in the middle of nowhere. You have to basically walk up a mile and a half up this mountain to get to this little cabin. Now, the legend behind this place is actually uh, partially... Uh, Historical fact. There was a guy named George Sherwin who was known uh, by the pseudonym The Rabbit Man because he was a hermit and he loved little bunny rabbits. He had a buttload of them up there. And that's the only thing he liked. It's a small cabin. He had a bunch of rabbits. Well, like Tennesseans do, uh, they got probably some moonshine in them. A bunch of kids went up there uh, looking to harass old George and they found all these bunny rabbits and they started punting the bunnies off oh. the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, he goes ballistic and uh, kills the kids. Ooh. And he actually stabs uh, one of them through the heart with a railroad spike and a sledgehammer to a tree. So going back to modern day, our little paranormal dweeb uh, was trying to get a deal with Destination America. He had access to the building. So he goes up there. <clears throat> and what happened, He's a big. he was big into demons. Like everything was a demon. Something would fall over. Somebody mm. would fart. Somebody's knee would go pop. Is that a demon? Are yeah. you evil? <laughs> Every freaking time. And it got on our nerves. And we started making fun of him for it. But, uh, you know, because it's like, this is ridiculous, man. So, but again, this actually happened. He got into a fist fight with his other paranormal investigators and that broke up the team because you can't really beat the crap out of your team. That's not or usually if you're in a good. rock band. Yeah. If you're in a marriage, a rock band, you know, you're at work, you can't punch people. No. You can't do that paranormal stuff here. So um, 
he called his mom. Mom, I'm not going to make it down the mountain. But basically, uh, and everybody who I talked to confirmed uh, that there was a physical insane altercation up on me. Well, we were like, man, the first season we should sit there and pretend that we're writing this. This is the only thing about the show that wasn't real. We were like, and, and it was kind of real. But it was like, we need to, you need to say that um, you're going to train us in the paranormal, which we were open to that, but we found out he didn't really know anything. But you were going to, uh, you know, you, you want these three wrestlers to kind of protect you, and we'll go back at the end of the season, and we'll go back and confront what happened and see if, if we can handle what happens up there. Well, that sounds like an interesting idea to me. I was like, okay, this guy needs protection. Um you know, because he got into an altercation and he wants to go back and confront whatever happened to him on the hill. Now he's got some big tough guys up there. We'll see what happens. Sounds interesting enough. So throughout the season, he faked evidence and we fired him. So uh -huh. the paranormal dweeb is gone. So now it's just the three wrestlers left, which is better that way anyway. Uh -huh. So he's gone, but we get access back to that cabin. Hallelujah. So we climb up there with a guy who used to be uh, Barack Obama and George W. Bush's security detail. He was our cameraman. So he's kind of a – How cool is that? Weird, yeah, he's kind of a badass. And then you've got – I'm a state judo champion. <clears throat> is a giant pro wrestler. And then we got this other guy who – he would have been in trouble if something bad really did happen up there. But he was a, he's a magician. So um, we go up there, and right away, things start going crazy. Now, people will watch this. If you watch this episode, it's the sixth episode of season one called The Rabbit Man Cometh. Because um, I like puns for some reason. I'm making fun of old <laughs> literary works. But anyway, all these things I love it. I love it. Are, are like puns or something derivative of some sort of <laughs> work. Anyway, um, but we, we go up there, and I'm ta my friend is Luke. He's my tag team partner. He's my part he's been my we do comedy videos. We, had a, we made a television show together for Fox. You know, good friends. And we're up there with two other. Now, Travis, didn't, Travis is another wrestler, and he didn't make that night. I'm glad he didn't, to be honest. I don't know how he would have done up there. But as soon as we get up there, they, everybody except for me and the cameraman who used to be the security detail for Obama and W, um, everybody starts acting stupid. And it gets gradually worse. And when I say stupid, I'm just mean they don't act like themselves. I mean, we're up there for 15 minutes, and Luke's like, I feel like I need to get the Bible out. Oh, so he gets a Bible. I'm like, you have a Bible? Why wouldn't you bring a Bible? What? And he, start, and he reads like some weird passage like Matthew beget Muha and Muha beget Boab. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What's happening? And then everybody starts talking like, okay, well, we don't want to fight anybody. And we don't want to get into a fist. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course we're not going to fight anybody. We're friends. What the hell's going on? And it's like, well, you don't want to mess with him. He will hurt you. if you. And it's like nobody is messing with anybody. That episode has, I don't know, 3,000 EVPs. It's nuts. There's noises the entire night. Voices, dogs barking that weren't there, Indian drums. 
it's insane. And the, what happened is everybody starts going bonkers. Hmm. And I'm looking at the cameraman going, what is, what the hell is happening? And he's like, I don't know. And eventually Luke sticks his head up to the floor and he's like, we got to get the hell out of here, man. He goes, I, I'm, I'm about to flake out. Well, we finally get down the mountain and it takes a while for everybody to start feeling normal. Well, I don't know if you know where we live, but I, we live in the Smoky Mountains, which Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, it's the second most visited tourist attraction on the East Coast besides Orlando. Hmm. There's 13 million people to blow through here a year. It's a, it's a big tourist town. In fact, right now I'm, I'm sitting next to a mountain roller coaster. Uh, just every 10 feet, there's something nuts here. Um, but we had a cage man on the other side of the Smoky Mountains in Carolina – it's like a hundred years ago or fifty years ago. It's like a it's like a time machine to the past. This is East Tennessee has like all this technology and all this stuff. In the, the Western Carolinas, there's it's like you can't even find a gas station. So the next night we have a cage match. Me and Luke as a tag team going to Murphy, North Carolina, which is a tiny town that is surrounded totally by the national park. I, I don't even know why this town exists, but it's there. <laughs> And so it's a several-hour drive, and I'm with Luke the entire time. And normally, you know, he's from Chicago, and he's ta- he always talks about big-legged women and food and music and <laughs> ideas for the show and, you know, grab ass and just talking stupid stuff. I keep looking over at him, and he's, like, staring at me. I told you he's got autism. And he's, like, staring at me. He, then he'll, like, slowly turn his head and look out the window. And I'm like, you okay there, big guy? You know, because we got to go down and perform. We're wrestlers, you know, and we're getting money to wrestle down in this little town in North Carolina. The match goes good. We had a good time. But Luke, in retrospect, he's like, dude, I don't even remember that day. I don't remember hardly any of those days. He was in a weird kind of funk. So even though we always push this as the ghost show with soul and there's all this humor, uh, it has... And 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 continue will continue to be uh, hazardous to a degree mm-hmm. uh, because you know the paranormal industry uh, the worst uh, fears are realized a lot of times uh, you know people are, oh my god it's scary and, and you know we go around going it's ninety nine percent of the time there's nothing going on yeah or or if there's it, nothing bad happening there's nothing. Uh, that's evil. You don't have to worry about yourself. But occasionally, you do run into something. It's like, whoa, that's uh, that's pretty wild. And you have to take a step back and go, what the hell is really happening? Yeah, most of the time, you're just sitting in a room, uh, a dark room, talking to yourself, pretty much. But, um, yeah, that, that's amazing. That When that was going on, did the cameraman, was he picking up anything through the camera? We, you hear, it was raining that night. Mm-hmm. Water is always funny to me too because um, they people. It's like a convenient thing. Like you're like, okay, I'm hearing a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of rainwater. It mm-hmm. could be rain bouncing off a rock weird, and yeah. I think it's saying, invest in junk bonds. You know, it's like, <laughs> is there ghosts telling me to invest in junk? And it's like it could have just been a funny way the water was bouncing. Then you'll have paranormal people talk about. Um, you know, well, spirits use the, the, the energy out of water to be able to manifest itself. You know, like, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, we kept hearing things all night. But 
occasionally they would co- correlate with something we would actually capture on, on film. But that particular night, no, the, the, the story was basically how our uh, associates were acting um, and how their mind was, they, they were just changing like in front of us. And, and it was like, a it was almost like a sanity slippage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and I wasn't affected for whatever reason. And I'm sitting there like a, like a dumbass going, what, what is happening, man? Why is this, you know, why are people acting funny um, and saying things, little things um, that were so, so weird and out of character? Hmm. Now, do you, because um, the team that I'm with, we usually use uh, crystals and um, we, we sage and things like that. Do you ever use anything like that or just go in? Oh man, we shoot from the hip. You know, a lot yeah. of people, like I said, we're we're kind of the bad boys of the paranormal. In a lot of ways, we don't sage, we don't uh, protect ourselves normally uh, because we just we just think we're going to be okay. And I know that's probably irresponsible, and that's probably a message a lot of people would frown upon getting out there. But I just here's my thing: if someone wants to attach to me. And it comes home with me and sees that I play Skyrim for nine <laughs> hours a day and then I go take a hairy dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to sit there and go, I, I need to rethink this strategy <laughs> and uh, hook up with somebody else. Yeah. This is, he's not even playing a game. This game's seven years old, man. Play something new. <laughs> I, I just don't think, I don't think like that. It's one of those things I don't, I'm not putting anybody else down. My brain just doesn't work like that. I don't, I don't care about that type of thing. Like, um, we don't use like our team doesn't use gadgets either. We don't go in there with K2 meters and don't let me down spruce meters or, mm-hmm. I, you know, we don't go in there with, with all these flying Fisher price gadgets. And again, I'm not putting any of that stuff down. I don't, we just don't know about it. And I'm high touch, not high tech. And I always think like if we're trying to produce a show and the show is not necessarily to make us famous, it's to catalog, this just lucky thing that's happened to us where we've got three friends who have coll- we were coll- we've collaborated against uh, with each other on different projects now we're doing the paranormal and we're having more success doing this than we ever have with any of these other projects we ever had yeah. uh, it, it's just to document <clears throat> what happens and to document this so to me if we're going to present evidence that will conv- convert a, an agnostic or an atheist to this type of thought uh, my K2 meter going crazy, you know, that's not going to convince anybody. What's no. going to convince people is what you hear, what you see. Mm-hmm. I know those are tools. Those are things to be used. I'm not poo-pooing anybody, whoever wants to do that. I understand. Uh, and now, you know, we keep learning, too. In our second season, we've incorporated a lot of these gadgets. So we, and we have, like, we've had mediums on the, on the gimmick uh, for the first time. And that was interesting. We had a lot of just incre- incredible stuff happening with that. Um, but like dousing rods we used for the first time we were like these are dumb and then after the end of the episode we're like holy crap you know we've had an obelisk machine uh, do some crazy stuff and K2 meters and all that we, we, the second season we, we forced around with it to exhibit it uh, but we're you know we don't go out and buy this type of stuff I don't think you need it I don't think I've even seen a dousing rod before but I've heard so many people use them and uh, some people like it and some people don't. I well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how weird you want to go delve down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I don't know if it's a southern thing or not. I live down south now, 
So, but I don't, I, I don't know. But I um, own a taxi cab company called Funkmasters, Funkmaster V's Uptown Cabs of Renown. We are fast, clean, and funky, baby. And so when I was in Knoxville, we not, I've moved now to the mountains, but I used to be in Knoxville with our company. And I had a guy who was an old millionaire who lost all his m- money in a Ponzi scheme named Duke. Duke was an old, slick, horrible driver. He kept wrecking my taxis, but I loved them. I actually <laughs> had to fire him at one point. He looked like George Hamilton, if anybody's oh, old enough to know what he no looks way. like. <laughs> yeah. Well... I, I always told him he like George Hamilton. He really did. But I just said that to, to make him smile from ear to ear. But he always talked like this. My name's Duke, and I crashed your cab, Benny. I'm sorry. I mean, that's how he talked. And um, But he had a – he's such a strange character. I wonder if he's still alive. I miss him. But anyway, he, he had a weird buddy. Like, Duke was kind of – he lived in – big part of town and he used to, he's still always trying to do real estate deals and he was trying to get his million dollars back but he was working for me as a taxi driver uh, he had this buddy who was uh, just this weird I, I can't even he looked like a cartoon character I mean he was a, he was a nut but he had these giant dousing rods now get this this is why I have a negative I used to have a negative opinion about him he, they would go out in the morning, and Duke would ask for the day off. Benny, we're going to Georgia. I got to go. We, we're going to go. <laughs> he was trying to find Indian gold that was buried in the Georgia State National Park or something in northern Georgia. And they would get out in the morning, and they would get these two giant dousing rods and point them to Georgia. <laughs> okay? I mean, we're, we're five hours. We're four hours from Georgia. I or three hours, something like that. Two hours from Georgia. Hell, I don't even know where I live. What am I talking about? <laughs> so we're about two hours from Georgia. They're outside pointing these giant dousing rods down to Georgia. And uh, and they, they would, I don't know if they'd pray or ask questions, but they would cross or they would move a certain way and they'd go, oh, no good today. And so he'd like show up to work and I'd have his spot filled, have his taxi, and I'd be like, Duke, you can't. I don't have a car for you, bro. I, you know, you said you're going to run down. And he's like, well, we asked the dousing rods and the dousing rods crossed. There's going to be, uh, well, look, Vinny, what we're trying to do is we're not really legal. We're on national land. We're on federal land. We can't really be digging. And they, the dousing rods said that there's going to be uh, uh, forest rangers and state police in the area. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? You were a millionaire. You're crazy. So anyway, that's where I got the negative gimmick with the dousing rods. I was like, I'm, I, I have an insane person working for me. But but now that I've horsed around with them, we have an episode that's really all the evidence is centered around that. Um, what I used to do, of course, you, you may frown upon this, cat. Don't think me poorly. But um, I would have the dousing rods when we would set up at different conventions uh, to pitch our network. Um I would pick up the dousing rods and there the kids would, you know, kids would come up and be like, what's that? And I was like, you're going to ask the ghosts questions. And I would say, um, uh, all right, between these two friends, ghosts, which one finds the other one, uh, more attractive. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I would point the thing at one of the kids and the kids would look at each other like, like what the heck? And like one would <laughs> laugh and the other would be mortified. And then that's why I'm going to hell. But, um, <laughs> 
to me, that's all I use use dowsing rods as a gimmick. But yeah. what I found, I don't know if you have uh, with, with what you've done is is you could use a plate of spaghetti or a Ouija board if if human beings are centered around something and they're kind of putting that their energy out into the cosmos. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much get the same effect. Uh, with whatever. It doesn't have to be Milton Bradley Ouija board. It could be, a, like I said, a deck of cards, a plate of spaghetti, a, a shoe. I mean, if we're all sitting there putting our energy into it, it's just a, a totem, if you will, uh, these things. It, it's, just a, it's, just, it's just a device for us to, to concentrate on to open ourselves up to whatever's out there. Exactly. I totally agree. It's just something to help us focus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nothing really concrete, but it's it's something for a human being to, like you said, focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, lost what I was going to ask you. Sorry. <laughs> Were you looking into my dreamy eyes? Yes, I was. How did you I know? Figured. I figured. <laughs> it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. Have you ever decided to do a, a comedy act while you're doing your uh, investigations. Oh, yeah, all the yeah. time. In fact, that's, that's part of the charge yeah. is that, is we, we open up a lot of the shows, most of the shows actually with some sort of skit. Like um, we were in this war-torn church in Tennessee. A lot of people don't, you probably don't care, but uh, any American out there may be interested to know that Tennessee was the last to join the South, and it was the first to go back to the Union because it was split. Eastern Tennessee, where we live, was very heavily Republican, which was uh, back then uh, that was the pro-Union, anti-slavery guys, if you can imagine how much the Democrats and the Republicans have changed over the years. But um, the, uh, the so East Tennessee was very Republican, and we went to this church – that was war torn. Fifty percent of the uh, congregation, they would sit on one half. They'd be pro Confederacy, and then uh, the other half, the people would sit on the other side of the church. They'd be pro Union. And actually, in the cemetery itself, it's divided depending on your politics of the day. No way. And yeah, in East Tennessee, there wasn't a lot of fights. Um, mm-hmm. Knoxville wasn't destroyed. Uh, there was a battle of Lookout Mountain near Chattanooga, but that was mainly because they were going into Georgia. Um, Western Tennessee had a lot of fights, but we don't, it was weird as Knoxville hardly had anything. They, they were like little skirmishes as they were moving down South. Cause a lot of people down here were like, keep going, you know? Uh, so anyway, um, so this church was wild and to answer your question, for some reason we found, uh, Travis actually <laughs> felt like let's reenact the most emotionally sad moment in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's history <laughs> in this church. So we reenact uh, the part where his Will Smith's dad leaves him, and then you know Will Smith has a breakdown and starts crying with Uncle Phil. Uh, anyway, if you, then I'm I'm dating myself there too. I mean, anybody knows the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I love we that show. The, well, do you know the scene where the where the guy was uh, the dad was like, I got to go back out on the road, and Will yeah. Smith bought him a present. Okay, so you know this, we reenact the scene almost word for word. We add a comedy bit to the end of it that's pretty juvenile but that's who we are uh you'll have to watch the episode to see it uh, or you can actually i think search on youtube for big and funky do the fresh prince 
but it's not as sexy as it sounds. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, wrestling with ghosts does a big uh, does a fresh prance. But anyway, um, we shoot that, and and that's the thing where we figure like if you uh, just this is how we think about it. And I know we a lot of people think we're complete morons, but if you're a ghost and you're hanging out in the church, and you see these three guys come in, one's wearing a mink coat, and sunglasses, and it's midnight. <laughs> And the other one's seven feet tall with a ponytail, and the other guy's wearing a Mexican wrestling mask. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. You're going to be like, what? You're going to, like, sit up a little straight, you know? It's been, like, two years since anybody's been in the building. And then we're sitting there doing this scene from The Fresh Prince, and, and actually Luke and Travis are tremendous actors. They can actually cry on command. And they were crying, tears streaming down their faces. The emotion is unbelievable. Uh we feel like that's going to parlay over into the investigation. And it did that night. That night was so that episode, which was episode two, uh, the third episode of season two. And that one's called they died with their booze on, <laughs> which is a, which is a play on yeah. that old movie. They died with their boots on. Yeah. <laughs> so you see what we do there. So anyway, <laughs> it's terrible freaking fun. I but love it. We caught an apparition full body on camera for at least 30 seconds. And we're sitting there. They're talking to it. Everybody's freaking out. And what the thing is, is with their raw eyes, they can't see anything on the camera. They're picking up a ghost. Hmm. And why this is not the most seen and played paranormal evidence in history, I don't know. But it is, it is unbelievable. They go up and it totally dissipates. But there's a, it looks like a, a Confederate soldier walking up a hill. And he's kind of frozen. And uh, he's just kind of like he's walking up the hill and he's kind of stopped. You can see his arm, his hat, his shoulders, his legs, um, the whole gambit. And they freak out and they walk up to it and it's not there anymore. Um, so that's why I think our show is interesting is because we do that and that kind of stuff happens. And that's why I just think – I think a lot of investigative teams, they don't necessarily need to go out and start like, okay, uh, I liked MASH, so we're going to redo that. You know, you don't have to necessarily do that. Yeah. But I think the um, – <laughs> We're going to go out and do, uh, redo the uh, conveyor belt scene from I Love Lucy. You don't have to go do that. <laughs> but you, you uh, just go out and try to uh, exhibit more fun and energy. Because uh, I think it, we get macabre. And, and there's times for that to happen. There's times to be freaked out. But most of the time, I mean, I, I want to make the things have a good time. Like if, if there are people... Uh, which I don't know what they are. I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't think really what they are. Agreed. 100%. But yep. if they're if they're dead people and they're stuck, then give them a fucking part of my language. But give them a you know fucking night out on the town, man. This is, hey, okay, these guys are fun. They need a good laugh. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> if, they're, if they're lost, or scared, or grumpy, and maybe who knows if we go out there and have some fun, um, or if it's a female. Uh, that's you know we go out and flirt with her and make her feel good about herself. Um, maybe she'll like maybe she'll sit there and think you know I don't need to be hung up on my husband anymore that left me or whatever and mm. they cross over. You never know. Never know. Um, 
Yeah, you never know. All this is bullcrap. This could all be bullcrap. I, I don't know, but it could be. It could be a hundred percent legitimate. You know, it, it's just a. It's just a way to to get. It's basically our shovel. If we were archaeologists, is our special little shovel. If we were archaeologists and we're digging into dirt, mm. that's all we're doing. We're just, that's the way that we dig. I think your unique approach is the reason why you get so many uh, pieces of evidence. I do too. And yeah. Like I said, we were talking the other day. I, I, I don't. I think of two times we went out and got absolutely nothing. Um, and even one of those was awesome because we saw we ran up on a deer and it was almost so close we could pet it. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, but that was a. I mean, that was a bust of a night. But we still had fun together. But most of the time that we go out, stuff happens. That's just amazing. I um, like I said before, I, th I think it's the lightheartedness that just maybe opens up the. Um, the uh, I don't want to call them spirits, but the uh, entities. Well, the teams that we've went with, and I don't want to. I don't. Know, I don't want to sound like. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to. I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to toot my own horn or anything. But the teams we've gone out with, they've all said this is the most evidence we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Is when they're hanging out with us. So I don't know what. I don't know what that <clears throat> is. So yeah, I think I think that's I think Luke Luke was the one that kind of came up with this in the first place and I think I think it works sure sounds like it <laughs> well Vinny we're at the end already well, so, I'm not even that was not even that that was the intro man oh no well I'll definitely have to have you back <laughs> let's hope that I can get my equipment to work and we don't have all those technical difficulties but what, hey, what did you go ahead it's all it's all good in the hood baby yeah so why don't you tell everybody where we can find your shows or if they want to contact you? Okay, great. A um, couple of ways, and we're trying to figure out how to streamline this, but mainly mm -hmm. our network is what we're pushing. It's called Asai Paranormal, A-S-Y, paranormal.com. It's a streaming service like Netflix. It mm -hmm. features all, it features 18 plus, or by the time this airs, there'll be more original shows as old B-movies, monster movies. Oh, nice. Um, old television shows that we got the, the rights to air, mm -hmm. uh, but mainly independent movies. It's only $2.99 a month. You go to a Psy Paranormal. Again, it's ASYParanormal.com, and uh, you can get that on your phone. It's not an app. It's just a website. And once you get on there, you can actually watch this stuff. Phone, your computer, your tablet, whatever, what have you. You can mm -hmm. watch uh, – all of this stuff. And then uh, our show is Wrestling with Ghosts. There's clips all over YouTube. Our official website uh, is funkmastervy.com. Uh, that's funkmastervy, like Victor. And I'm saying the word funk. I'm not a – I don't have an overinflated ego. I used to be a bass player, so that's where the funk comes from. Ah. And, and um, you can always find us on Facebook. I've got 5,000 friends, but I think you can – follow people that I just got that recently so but uh Vinny Vineyard or Funkmaster V Big Luke Walker Travis Graves uh Aside Paranormal you'll find all that stuff uh Big and Funky Productions is our production company hey we're easy to find we're all over the place 
I have to say, I was sitting here the entire time you we were talking, trying not to laugh because you are our hoot. This is this is amazing. I love this. Well, thank you. I thought you were so quiet. I thought you were like. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, most Canadians are, well, laugh a lot. This lady's yeah. like saying, like, <laughs> judging me or something. Oh, no. I, very, I, I, I was actually, when I was talking, I was texting my psychologist. I was about to say, <laughs> I, need to, I need to come. I'm not likable anymore. What happened? Oh, no. I just didn't want to take away from your story by me giggling all the time. <laughs> nah, I'm drunk as hell anyway. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again. I really appreciate this. And again, I, if you're willing, I would love to have you back another time. Anytime. And good luck with school. What part of Canada are you from? I'm originally from the East Coast, but I'm now living in Ontario in the Ottawa Valley. Oh, my God. I love Canadians. Oh, thanks. I wish I could keep them as pets. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Don't pay attention to me. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take care, Vinny. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, babe. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 